Welcome back to the Pizza Chaos with Corey Harris and Julie Traxler. We provide entrepreneurs with information, tips, and trip tricks to help take their businesses from being owner-dependent and stagnant to growth-ready and process-driven. If you're into success, you should stick around. That's you like new. that new line? Uh, I didn't know that was going to be there. Yeah, I added that. I you're know, welcome. I don't know if I like that or not. Really? <laughs> yeah. If you're into success, you should stick around. What if they're not into success? Should they, should they turn get, this off? Get the hell out of here. Okay. We don't want losers. Yeah, get out of here, losers. You know, scram. <laughs> Isn't that what the old man on, on, on Scooby-Doo says? I think that's just what old people say. Oh, scram. Yeah. Is that what old Billy says? Yes. <laughs> oh, old Billy is is a neighborhood old man. Yeah. There's no other way to say it. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome back to Defeat the Chaos. Um, we are glad to have you here. We have a very special guest today, um, Mike Fallett. He is, he, well, he is a, a friend of ours. He's definitely a network connection. He's written over 15 books personally. Um, and his company, Dream Starters Publishing, has actually published over 250 titles, many of them skyrocketing to Amazon bestsellers on day of release. He's kind of a magician when it comes to authors and books and getting things done. So he did not, we did not hire Mike to help us with our book, but that's because we didn't know him when we wrote our book. We probably would have because it would have been a much smoother process for us, I suspect. We'll get into that later though. But um, after becoming the number one book creation service, um, Mike also started a podcast and he has an entrepreneur group. Both of those are known as the inner circle. He's a true patriot. We're really excited to have him on. He's going to join us after the first break. So we're looking forward to that. We are. And I just realized, and this is, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. Or let's I'm, not, I'm, let's, let's do it. Let's get way ahead of ourselves. Okay. Well, so the, the name, the inner circle. So the other yep. day I was trying to find uh, some information out about Mike because I've honestly have never listened to his podcast. And I just, you're a loser. I know. I only listen to Scram. <laughs> um, I don't really listen to many podcasts. Well, listen, what, what podcast do you listen to, Corey? The Adam Carolla Show. You don't even listen to our own podcast. I don't. No, I, yeah. know. I know. And I have to edit it. <laughs> and you know, I go back and listen to our radio show. Yeah, I know. It's weird. You know, you're, it's, you're here I, right now. I understand that. Do you not remember what's going on right I now? I do. Do you know why I listen to it? Because I want to find ways that we can improve. Like throwing lines on the intro that I wasn't aware of. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Well, it sounds so it sounds so robotic, the intro. I'm trying to make it more lively and fun. Okay. I want to I want to keep our guests I happy. Can just do it in a robot voice next time. Oh yes. Perfect. Yes, yes. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, so the inner circle. So I was looking it up on Spotify. And uh, I don't know if you remember the band Inner Circle. Um I feel like they're oh. a band you would have listened no, to. No, they had uh they were like a reggae group in the nineties. Um you only know them because of no, Cabo they, Taco. Were, they were popular. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look it up right now. But okay. The, uh, this is why we need a producer. Oh wait, we have a producer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the um inner circle, they had uh what um I am gonna I'm looking it up right now. But anyway, confusing when it when it comes to names because we're gonna talk about names later or, or just getting creative and that type of stuff. And right. like we all know what inner circle means when it comes to obviously the um uh like being in uh, as a part of a group and so that makes sense but then also it's sweat girl i'm gonna make you sweat sweat or whatever like that song it was popular oh, yeah oh that, i know what song you're talking about yeah, yeah inner yeah. circle and i think oh they did bad boys too like yeah. the cops theme yeah yeah, yeah. Bad boys, bad. yeah i'm not exactly. gonna sing that's bad that's bad radio yes exists but um <laughs> but uh yeah so they uh but anyway, so that was funny because I was looking it up. I was like, well, that's the wrong inner circle. But now I'm remembering the 90s. And that's <laughs> yeah, fun. That sounds fun. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. I don't, that's an entire decade that's, that is missing for me. Really? Yeah. A lot of drugs? No, I don't think so. I just don't really know what I did. I think I was really lost for much of the nineties, you know, getting kicked out of college and sure. getting fired from jobs, uh, all yeah. that stuff. We've established all that. I yeah. have, a, it's a, it's, it's a well-known history. If there was a Wikipedia, Wikipedia page about me, you know, you can make one. I know I should, but geez, that would be just, yeah, we should, we should make one. No. Okay. Anyway, let's get back to the show, yeah, Corey. Let's do that. All right. So, uh, yeah, Mike, he uh, helps people write books, he does. Um, which is an interesting process, just writing books in general, because yeah. um, as everybody should know, we've written a book. We and, have. We've written a best-selling book. And Would you write another one, Corey? No, absolutely not. It was, I'm glad that we did it, but I don't ever want to do it again. Yeah, I actually think we should write another book. I know you do. I disagree. You can, you can write. I have book. a really good idea for another book. You have a lot of air quote good ideas. <laughs> That's so. so That is so fair. That's so fair. And also unfair. Yeah. Yeah. I just I honestly just the, the process was, like I said, I'm glad we did it. But I don't ever want to do it again. I felt like our process was actually really smooth. It was. It was just long and drawn out. Well, that's because it was a long book. It wasn't even really that long. But, I mean, you and I both read the book at least a dozen times, including reading it out loud so that it sounded correct or accurate or, you know, it read well. Because little tip there, anybody out there writing a book. After you write the book, then you have to read it out loud to somebody because as you're reading out, you're like, oh, that actually doesn't sound right. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, so the person who edited our our main editor, we had several of them, right? But the person who edited our book, um, love her, Vanessa, we just recently had her edit some articles for us. And what's interesting is every time she made the comment on one of the articles of read this sentence out loud and see how it sounds. I was like, no, absolutely. Yeah, I'll just not. rewrite this. <laughs> I am not reading it out loud again. No, yes. but I did just give somebody that advice yesterday because they're writing a book. I said, when you're done writing it, read it out loud. Yeah. Who actually gave us that advice? Cause that wasn't our original advice, even though we're, we're saying it's our advice now, but yeah, I think Jim house did. Oh, did he? The okay. book carver. Yeah. A little shout out to Jim. That's who actually helped us write our book, but he didn't really help us write our book. He just helped us figure out the structure of the Which, book. Which that was a, a great process. That really was. Especially because I got everything that I wanted in the book because I was like, this is what oh, I'm man. thinking. And by and you're like, I don't know. And by the end of it, you're like, you look up at the wall with all the sticky notes. You're like, this is the book that you wanted to write. And I'm like, I know. The, I, I will tell you, you know, audience. So, you know, this, I have known Corey a long time. And it was that process of working with somebody to help us like basically write the outline, a very detailed outline for our book. That process is when I realized that Corey is a bully. And I told you before we even started, I'm going to steamroll you on things. And, and he you does. Know, and he still like, does. Yeah, I know. And I don't know. It still surprises me when it happens. Yeah. I think because most of my life, people thought I was a bully. Do you think I'm a bully? No. Yeah, not even close, man. No. Not even close. All right. Hey, let's get into our favorite segment. Answers to questions nobody is asking. I don't know if that's my favorite segment. That's everybody's favorite segment. Well, it's not mine. What's your favorite segment? I'd like the current events at the end. I do like that, too. We do get a lot of really good feedback on that. Yeah. And by a lot, I mean, my sister-in-law, Stacy says it's amazing. She cannot stop talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Okay. I'm going to go first. Okay. What's the, what was the biggest challenge in writing a book? I, man, it, 
working with Jim and then I thought you were going to say working with me. No, no. But like (laughs) after working with Jim and getting everything kind of laid out and then having Vanessa edit it, edit it for us and doing such a good job there. I think the biggest challenge was actually for me, all of the technical stuff, like having to like, cause I had to learn how to use um, Adobe, not illustrator, whichever one, uh, InDesign. InDesign. So I could, so I could, because we paid somebody to actually design the book, but I had to go in and like fix everything. And so learning all of that technical stuff, having to create the Kindle version, all of that was probably the biggest challenge for me. Yeah. um, For me, you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you. For me, the biggest challenge was after we, we were probably, I don't know, 75, 80% done writing the initial draft, right? And our, our writing process was pretty interesting. We had that really well-structured outline. And then I would take the first pass at writing. And then you would come, you would follow behind, add in more stories, clean up my shitty grammar. And we just would repeat that process throughout the whole book. And um, by the time we were done, like I said, we'd read it multiple, multiple times. Cause after you would re- write and edit, I would go back in, review it, edit, write more. But anyway, we got to a point in the book where we realized that structurally things had to change. We had to renumber chapters. We had to add in different chapters. We had to change the entire construct of the way we had one section of the book because it's really broken into three, three sections or three parts. And that to me was so frustrating because it was like moving, you know, it was like building the airplane while we were flying. And it was really, is very, very frustrating. The part that was not frustrating to me that was actually enjoyable was reading Vanessa's edits because she dropped in quotes from the office and arrested development and family guy Simpsons Simpsons. It was hysterical. Very, very good. Yeah. Yes, it was. It, it was definitely, it, it, she is very good at uh, giving you feedback, jarring feedback, Corey, jarring. Jarring. <laughs> but just fe- like she's, it's, she, she kind of lets you down lightly. It's like, Hey, this is awful, but I'm going to say it in a manner where you're like, Oh, well, that was fun. She was great at that. And that's one of the things that I told her was like, you know, because I, you know, this story, Corey, but all our listeners probably don't. I have a friend who had sent, wrote a book and sent it to an editor and she got the book back in like July of 2019. And in July of 2020 or, or even later in that year, she still hadn't opened it up from the edits because she was afraid to read what the editor had wrote. And I thought, what? Oh oh my God. Yeah. That story still blows my mind. I don't, I don't think she still hasn't published that book, but anyway, okay. So next question, next question. And I'm going to premise this one. So I was, uh, I believe it was yesterday, Tuesday, someday this week, I uh, was expecting a delivery for the restaurant. And uh, like pretty much every day I get a phone call from some freight company and they're trying to schedule a delivery. And generally it's pretty easy to pick it up. Hey, Wednesday, whatever this time, that's fine. So this company called, I missed the call. I called back. I was on hold for 40 minutes trying waiting for somebody. And then I had to jump on a meeting. So um, I reached out to Matt, my business partner in the restaurant there. And I said, Hey, call this number try and schedule this delivery. He was on fo- on hold for an hour uh, before he gave up. And then I called back later in the day and I was on hold for another 20 minutes before I got a hold of somebody. So total two hours spent on hold trying to get in touch with this freight company. Mm-hmm. So my question is, how long will you sit on hold before you just give up? It depends on what I'm calling for. Okay. IRS, I'll hold until they answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like customer service, uh, no, probably not that long, but for a delivery 
So I um, guess I don't think we've ever said this on the show so far. Corey's opening a restaurant. So for those of you who had, didn't figure that out from those little clues he just dropped, he's in addition to having SB Pace and Certivium as businesses and a radio show and a podcast, Corey is also opening a restaurant and he needed a delivery or you had a delivery that was coming. So you're, cause you're close, you're close to the restaurant opening. You're within like 60 days of it. Yeah. 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 So you needed to get that delivery. I would have waited on hold on that one. Although I suspect they would have eventually called you back because they got to do something with that delivery. And it's probably not going back to the original sure. where it originated. And, yeah. and I've just been having such an awful time this year and, and everybody's, Oh, we're, just, I mean, there it's just COVID. Yeah. It's COVID's <laughs> fault. And it's like, no, it's not. You're just shitty. Like you're, you're terrible at your job. And for a company like your entire job, this is all you do is you schedule deliveries. You would think that somebody would be available to, Schedule deliveries. You would think so. You would right? think so. I think they call that logistics. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, and at two hours on hold. It was ridiculous. But That's anyway, terrible. And then we got. That's uh, that. Now, now you understand what they say when you nobody you can't find good help. Exactly. And then the best <laughs> part was, so the guy actually showed up, and then he couldn't get the pallet off the truck because they had stacked it too high and just shoved it onto the truck. Oh dear God. <laughs> nice. So that was a whole other thing. But anyway. okay. All right. Let's uh, let's. I'm. I got a sure. final. What do you think? We got time one, for one, one more, more question? question. All right. So here's a big question. I'm going to ask you. Okay. How can writing a book change your business or career? Well, in, I mean, for us, like it helps build that credibility. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing that I, that I consider like the biggest benefit that I have for us writing a book is that we can tell people we wrote a best-selling book. It's a great, very expensive business card that we can hand out to people. We can help get leads and build sales and all of that mm-hmm. because of the book. Um, not knowing anything about writing books or publishing books beforehand, I really thought that we probably would have sold more. But you know, I, I, I'm sure there's a whole piece of the puzzle that we didn't actually that we still haven't figured out because sure. you know we didn't hire somebody like Mike to. Help us sell exactly, the book. exactly. And we just, you know, had a conversation. Oh, maybe it was last week where we talked. It was when we were doing our annual strategic planning. So we do strategic planning every December. A couple of sessions on it. And our last session, we were talking about, you know, what are things that we could do with the book. And it was like, well, we could rewrite the intro. We could record an audio book. And in the end, we were both like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Like, although I do think that there's a real opportunity there with the book because there's a lot of really good information in there. And most of what we talk about with helping businesses is written in that book, right? So there's a lot there. I think for me, what was, um, oh, well, first off, it gives you credibility, right? Um, and I never forget to say best selling book, right? And, um, you know, our good friend, David Breyer always tells me, Julie, stop saying we wrote a book. It is a bestseller. Start saying we wrote a bestselling book, right? He's like, there's a huge difference. You need to say it that way every time you say it. So I'm trying to train you on that. Not easy, mm, but yeah. you are untrained. Especially because you don't tell me stories like that until right now. I'm like, oh, okay. I did tell you that. No, you said you, should. you have the worst memory in the world. You didn't, definitely did not tell me that. But anyway, <laughs> just like, hey, here's what you should do from now on. Yeah. Not you like to beat around the bush. You need to be a little more I direct try. and things like that. Yeah. Do you how many do you think that um, Mike could tell us all of the all of the reasons writing a book is so good for your career? 
I, I certainly hope so, because we didn't really do a good job of it. <laughs> <laughs> that maybe we'll lead off with that. I'm really excited to have him on the show. And um, I think our listeners are just going to for those who don't know him, they're going to be introduced and love him. And um, we'll just really we're going to gush over him. Yeah. And I, I want to get well, back. I'm into, going to. You're not going to. No, gush. <laughs> but um, we had him on our podcast a little while ago, you know, while ago. I don't can't remember how long ago, but he was on the podcast. And mm-hmm. if we have a chance, I'm going to jump back into a topic that we we covered on the podcast, which I thought was fun. Well, but guess what? We run this show. We can make a chance. We can do whatever we want. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> That's correct. All right. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break, um, play some commercials. Probably. I don't know what Aaron does while we're on break. Uh, we don't know either. But well, you know what he doesn't do? He doesn't research stuff for us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then we'll be right back with uh, Mike Fallett. Hey, everybody. This is Corey from Defeat the Chaos, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about SB Pace. That's the company that Julie and I co-founded. We offer coaching and consulting services to small business owners, helping them to reach new levels inside of their businesses. One of our most popular services is our one-on-one coaching, where we work directly with small business owners just like you to make your business more efficient. We guide you through finding more time in your day to focus on the tasks that bring the most value to your business and accelerate your revenue growth. This one-on-one, well, technically two coaching is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and it's priced perfectly for any small business. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, head on over to sbpace.com slash small dash business dash coaching to sign up. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Oh. 
All right. Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos. We are so excited to introduce our guest today, Mike Fallett. Mike is the founder of Dream Starters Publishing. We did that whole big like intro of him earlier in the show. So if you're just tuning in, shame on you. You missed it. But Mike, thanks for joining us today. We're really excited to have you. Man, it's an honor to be here, Jolie. Uh, I did hear in the very beginning, Corey says he doesn't listen to my podcast. So could you please just reach over to his mic and hit mute for the next 20 minutes or so? That'd be awesome. Yeah, Thank you very much. Away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks so much for having me, though, guys. It means a lot. Yeah. He doesn't even listen to his own podcast. <laughs> and I wasn't lying when I was like, I don't know what Aaron does in the two minutes between segments because I don't even listen to our radio show. So. <laughs> Yes, it's all a mystery. Everything is a mystery. Who do you think is who do you think is the glue in this operation, Mike? You have an honest man next to you. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right. What? Uh, yeah. Aaron just told us he pushes random buttons and prays nothing breaks. <laughs> That's the same that we do, Aaron. That's yes. the same that we do. All right. Hey, Mike, why don't you um, just give our listeners a little bit of info on on who you are and what you do? And then we're going to we're going to dive straight into the deep end of the pool. Yeah. So I think it's smart to just go back to the beginning. 2015, I was a corporate employee. I started a business that uh, was all about like dog product services. And uh, it was my fifth startup attempt, four major failures right before then. And uh, my fifth one succeeded. It made some money. It was a dog product service uh, business. And so I wrote a book about the simplicities of starting a business. And that's when my life changed. So I realized that people took me more seriously and they said, Mike, you know, you're a best-selling author now. Can you come speak at my school? And can you come to this event? And I realized that writing a book did wonders for me professionally, but personally, and it cleared up my mind so I could maybe know where I'm going in life. And then people started saying, Mike, can you help me with my book? So I turned that into a business. And since then, we've done about 250 books turning books from nothing into bestsellers. And uh, yeah, it's been a wild ride. I created a company called Dream Starters Publishing. It's about helping entrepreneurs use their book as a marketing tool so they can elevate their name, their business, and get their message out there. Very similar to what you guys did with your book. And uh, now you have a radio show and people know what you stand for about helping small businesses. And it's been a wild ride since. So that's what I do is I help you, the listener. I'm telling you, anybody out there listening, you should write a book. It does a couple things for you with, you know, with money, but I'm telling you, it's going to do wonders for your soul. If you know where you come from, if you know where you are, and if you know where you're going, you can be deadly in this world. And a book will do that. I always love stories like yours about just kind of falling into a business because you've got the the entrepreneurial spirit, the the mentality, the the, the drive to make money, but not like I'm sure if you asked yourself five, 10 years ago, did you like, would you be a, basically owning, like, would you own a publishing business? You'd be like, no, that's ridiculous. Hell no. Same, <laughs> yeah. Same thing for me. It's like, if you asked me five years ago, if I would ever have a podcast, fuck no. <laughs> but yet but here, here we go. Here we are. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. So we, we were talking just before the break, Corey and I were about how, you know, writing a book can change your business or your career. And, you know, you, you've touched on that now. And uh, what's weird is I found myself thinking, I didn't get that level of clarity when we wrote our book. I was like, I realized the, 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 it's a, it's a tremendous amount of work if you don't have a really good process in place, and if you're not working with a good team to help you get there. 
Yes. The Socratic method needs to be in there somewhere. Question, answer, question, answer. So if you have a smart uh, outline, I guess you could say, where it's easy for you to stay on this train track rail where you know what lesson you want to teach and you know what story brought you to that lesson. If you know that train track and you're able to stay on it, whether you hire someone like me to ask you questions about those lessons, to kind of just get those pieces of information out of your brain, out into the world and down on a piece of paper, now all of a sudden it's tangible and then you can refine from there. But as long as you combine lesson with story in every chapter, people know what you stand for, but they also know where you come from and they fall in love with you as a person. And, and that's what matters more than anything else because they're not going to take away anything from you until they trust you. So the more vulnerable you get or the more authentic and transparent you get with your stories, they may say, whoa, you went through a divorce. Whoa, this happened to you when you were a kid. Whoa, you started four businesses and you failed miserably. Whoa, you got into the corporate world and they screwed you over. That happened to me too. All right, I'm going to listen to this person now. So the Socratic method has to be there. Question, answer, question, answer, whether you do it to yourself or you have someone that brings it out of you. That approach also just seems very similar to like to, to successfully selling, like relating to somebody, getting in there saying, oh, well, like that, the whole no like trust where, oh, you failed too, or, oh, you've experienced the same problems I have. What, you know, how can you connect with me? What can you provide me that's going to help solve these problems? whatever it is. So, I mean, is that, is that true? Yes. Yes. So, no like, and trust. You nailed it there. People will not pay attention to you, buy from you, do business with you, refer you until they know, like, and trust you. The more checkboxes you can kind of check off in their mind, whether you have a best-selling book, you have a podcast, you've been around many people, you're around success from start to finish, you've had success in your past, you've been doing this for a long time, you drive a Lamborghini, whatever it is, everybody has this mental checklist and if you can check off as many boxes as possible in a short amount of time as possible, you can win this game. And, you know, there's a thing that comes along with that where it's just, you know, you, you maybe are trying to put out content and trying to create this business that you want to find clients. But what if you do this to such a high degree that you're really just looking for friends that you can do business with? And so, you know, the more clear you get with your words and your message and your brand, it's not like you're just searching for clients or for people to uh, you know, trust you enough. It's just you being yourself and the right people are drawn to you like a magnet. So you're finding friends that you actually just do business with. And that has made a world's difference for me when I wrote my first book up until the last one. That's crazy. And such a... Um such a wonderful way to look at doing business, right? You're actually just making friends that you're doing business with. And I want to just shift just a little bit on the topic, though it's very, very much related to what you were just talking about. And that is, I one, you are one of the best at, you're a master at the way that you are able to tell stories on social media to connect with people, right? And really telling the stories of, the struggles that you went through when you started or whatever, because there is a, there is a real, a, a, there's a line, I think with people where if you're too successful, people don't, people are, they're, they're more repelled than they are drawn. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and this, the example I keep thinking of is that you recently did something that was on your bucket list for a very long time. 
And when you were able to successfully finally do that thing, you the way you told the story, it would have been really easy for you to alienate a lot of people because what you did was you you flew private, right? Yep. And there's this picture of you, this great picture of you where you're you know about to walk up the steps onto this private plane and you are having the time of your life. And the story <laughs> tells the, the picture tells everything it needs to tell about the entire story. But when you add the backstory of how long that had been on your list and how hard you worked to achieve that and how that flying private is possible for anyone, anyone, as long as they do the work and they they put in the reps. And there are a lot of people who, you know, the envy and the jealousy, they'd be like, oh, F that guy. I don't, you know, he's 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 too big for us or whatever. But you don't present yourself that way ever. You always talk about the struggle, right? The story is in mm-hmm. the struggle. And I, I absolutely love that about you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's, I believe that the journey is the reward. You know, Jim Rohn always says that it, to chase a million dollars, the million dollars is great. It's awesome. But the real reward is who you become as you chase that money. And so that story and that post really resonated with people because, you know, you can write things down and I, I actually put that um, to-do list, that bucket list item in my wallet for, for a long time, fly private, fly on a private plane. And it was amazing to pull that out of the wallet one day and just cross it off. Like, okay, I got that done. And you talk about being humble. You get around people who are doing big things and making really big moves. Like that's a really big move for me. But I went to this event and there are people who are buying private planes. So now you start to see individuals who are going after really big things. You start to see that it's tangible. And the reason why you stay humble is because there are different levels to this game. No matter how far you go, there's always someone out there that's way further than you. So you can't ever feel like you've really made it. But even so, I don't think you ever want to feel like you've truly made it because then all of a sudden the ride's over. I want to always be climbing. And I think as long as you share your journey, wherever you're at, I just got on a call with someone yesterday who started to make moves in his life. He just overcame addiction uh, he, for a year. He got out of drugs and alcohol and for a year. And I said, listen, man, if you put that story down and those lessons that you took away from that year, you can help someone that's in your old position get to the, your position. And then all of a sudden, it's almost like karma, where the world rewards you to help you get to your next level. You'll never be able to get to that next level until you're of service to people maybe that are not at your level yet. So as long as you keep giving help or giving service, maybe the world will reward you to your next, uh, next level in life. And I think as long as you share that, you know, the journey's never ending and you're always pursuing something that's attractive. The right people find you and say, hey, there's momentum in this person's life. I want to be around them because if I can take a little piece of this individual and apply it to my life, man, what could happen in a year or five years or 10 years? And the thing is, the, like the, the one thing that you were really touching on there uh, was the, just that drive and the, the, the desire to never stop. Because yeah, I could set a goal that I want to have a million dollars in the bank account by the end of next year. But what what do I do after that? Like, we're not the type of people who are just going to stop and say, okay, well, I got that million. I guess it's time to just binge Netflix for the rest of my life. No, it's like, all right, well, now I want five. Now I want 10. And a lot of people will look at that as you being greedy or you being whatever it is, but it's like, no, like, like I'm, I'm driven, I'm motivated. Not only am I making a million dollars, I'm probably making a lot of people around me 
a lot of money. Like Bingo. I'm growing the, like my business and I'm growing my circle and, and growing the people around me, but people don't look at it that way. And they just say, Oh, well, you're just greedy. Yeah. You know, I also, I, there's something that, that you said, Mike, that just really resonated with me. And I just finished writing a blog yesterday. That'll go out next, next Wednesday an an article for LinkedIn. And one of the things that's just really been gnawing at me lately is people who want to just skip ahead, right? So you have to put in the reps, you have to do the work. Like you can't, the easiest way to explain this is to say like, I can't go put on my LinkedIn profile and my Instagram bio that I am the owner of a seven figure business because it's just not true. SB Pace is not a seven figure business yet. It will be, but it's not. And, And saying it just because I desire it to be there it, it does a disservice to where we're currently at and to all of the people that are the right size for us to work with right now, right? So I can't proclaim these things that aren't true because I want them to be true to try and rush the process. I really, really need to, like, I believe that there's right-size clients, there's right-size work for everybody and doing the work, putting in the reps and continuing to grow is the best way to build your business and to build your experience and most importantly, your credibility. So when you're like, I flew private, I just hung out with a bunch of people who are buying private jets. (laughs) It's very similar, right? Where it's like, that's where you're at right now in the process. But someday if it's on your list to buy private, you'll buy it because mm-hmm. that's what you do. You hit goals. Yeah. And I think that momentum has to start somewhere. So it's a little win at a time. You know, it's, it's getting one client this week. It's getting, uh, hitting a metric of six figures or maybe $1,000 more than you made last week. Whatever it is, you have these little wins and they add up. And all of a sudden you start to rebrand yourself as this person who gets things done. And maybe it's making your bed in the morning to going for a run, to going to the gym, to eating healthy, to writing a chapter tonight, to finishing your book, to become a bestseller, to creating your podcast. These little wins add up. And all of a sudden, over time, people look at you in a different way. And they say, that person gets things done. I believe in that person now. In the beginning, nobody very nobody really believes in you. And that's why it's so hard because nobody sees anything. They only believe what they see. And so if you start to create these wins and now all of a sudden you have breadcrumbs everywhere, people believe in you, you believe in yourself. And those things that seem so far away are now right in front of you and maybe in your hands. And that the idea of building up to those, you know, the, all of the little wins and building up to the, that big win is so important because let's say I have a goal or you have a goal of owning a private jet one day. That's great. But is that realistic right now? Probably not, but there's certain steps that you have to hit along the way in order to get there. So it's maybe flying private. It's having X amount in the bank account, having this much revenue for your business and building all of those little goals so that you can then hit that big goal of now I've got a private jet. Let's go fly somewhere. Bingo. Yeah. I, I, I say p- to everyone, you know, you start to believe it when you start to see it in other people. So uh, there's three things that I always recommend whenever you're, you know, making some changes in your business. You know, people always ask me, like, hey, what would be the first couple things to do? I always say, you know, you got to get certain where you come from, where you're going. You got to get a championship. You got to manufacture a book or a podcast or, and get attention somehow. But that last thing, Corey, and to, to kind of touch on your point, you got to get a circle. And that circle is an audience that you can help, but also that circle is a, is a bunch of people that inspires you. And you could start to see in other people, wow, you know what? This 
dream car, this GTO that I want to buy, or this Mustang that I want to buy. It's real. I can do it. And, and, and if you could maybe borrow their belief in everything, people start to look at you in a different way. So as long as you're getting around people who inspire you, now all of a sudden there's no limits, no holds barred. Things can really work for you. Borrow their belief. All right, Mike, we are just about headed into the break. So tell our listeners how they can find you. Yes. So the company's called Dream Starters Publishing. And so you can check out everything when it comes to the book publishing there. If you have a book out there and you need software to use to generate leads to get that circle of yours, you can go to bookleadpro.com. And then the, uh, the inner circle that Corey was, was you know, commending and, and, and thrilled about there a little bit ago, <laughs> it's mikesinnercircle.com. Check it out. And I am so thrilled that he brought up that it made him think of the 90s. I would have liked for him to say it made him think of the 80s because I'm an 80s baby. I just love 80s everything. So it reminds me of a Ramones 80s punk music in the beginning. Uh, but I think I'm going to go listen to Bad Boys by Inner Circle here, Corey. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> you're welcome. And everybody out there, you're welcome for getting that song stuck in your head today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mike, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate having you. We might have you back on. You were a great guest. Yes, hey, no problem. Thank you very much for having me, guys. This is awesome. You bet. All right. We will see you on the other side. Hey, everybody. This is Corey from Defeat the Chaos, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about SB Pace. That's the company that Julie and I co-founded. We offer coaching and consulting services to small business owners, helping them to reach new levels inside of their businesses. One of our most popular services is our one-on-one coaching, where we work directly with small business owners just like you to make your business more efficient. We guide you through finding more time in your day to focus on the tasks that bring the most value to your business and accelerate your revenue growth. This one-on-one, well, technically two coaching is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and it's priced perfectly for any small business. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, head on over to sbpace.com slash small dash business dash coaching to sign up. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you are part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? 
First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are um, just had a great interview with Mike Fowler. If you missed that, which it was great. You're just tuning in right now. Scram. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a joke from the beginning of the show, you folks. You, would you get wouldn't it. get it. Yes. So, but yeah, great interview. And now we're going to jump into uh, the current events. We're going to talk about what's going on in the world today. So, Julie, yeah. do you want to start? I do. Okay. Because I'm going to start with some good news. Certainly, good news for me and you, and almost everybody I know. Frankly, I don't trust people who don't drink coffee. I don't. If you don't drink coffee, I don't trust you. Is it coffee or just like if they're not the, like the type? Because I know a couple of people who don't have like caffeine at all. Like occasionally, occasionally they'll have like a cup of tea or something. But like, are they British? No, but the <laughs> the the idea like I don't like I do know some people who I, mean, I don't know. There's just those people out there who are constantly just wired like internally. No, like wired. if you don't drink coffee, I don't trust you. It's much like if you've never watched, if you don't like the movie, It's a Wonderful Life at Christmas time, you're dead to me. I've man. never seen the movie. So, yeah, but we need to change that. But, like, I, like I know uh, somebody, uh, Gary, you know, Gary. Walker. I do know Gary Walker. Um, he, for the longest time, he just didn't like coffee. God. He liked caffeine. He would drink caffeinated beverages, just wasn't a big fan of coffee. Does he drink coffee now? He does now, but like, I can forgive that. Like, if it's not your, it's like, it, you don't like the flavor, like that's no, fine. I think that's that's the thing. Well, no, but here's the thing, because I love the flavor of coffee. And when people doctor it up with milks and sugars and syrups and all that, you're not drinking coffee anymore. You're drinking candy. So you don't like actually you don't like coffee. You like candy. <laughs> so 90 percent of people who go to Starbucks like candy. Yes, they like candy. They don't like coffee because <laughs> okay. Starbucks coffee kind of sucks anyways. Wait, Starbucks coffee is gross. Yeah. Yeah. We're never going to get a sponsorship by Starbucks. Nor would we want one. <laughs> There you go. Take that, Starbucks. All right. Now, on to the story. Yes. The best news of 2021. Coffee is incredibly good for you. Yes. So, until recently, there weren't any previous indications that that was actually true, that there are undeniable health benefits to coffee. Coffee or caffeine? Coffee. Okay. Just Drinking coffee regularly has undeniable health benefits. So is it, so I always love these studies because I like to break them down being the, um, uh, I like to, I like to play devil's advocate a lot. So people say, oh, well, drinking coffee has a lot of benefits. It's like, okay, cool. Is it the actual chemicals in the coffee or is it because that promotes some other type of lifestyle. So if you're drinking coffee, you're more likely to be up early in the morning, which means you probably go to the gym. Well, which, these um, are health benefits. I'm going to tell you, there's, they've okay. discovered they've, they've linked coffee directly to these three health benefits. Number one, it reduces the risk of liver disease. So for all of our, you know, heavy drinking friends out there, just counterbalance that with coffee in the morning. Yeah. Don't put booze in your coffee though. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, you can't on Christmas and New Year's. Sure. That's the rule. Yeah. Yeah. And Thanksgiving. Don't forget Thanksgiving. 
Yeah. And like a Saturday. Sure. <laughs> Sometimes a Friday. Why not? <laughs> also, number two, drinking coffee reduces the risk of heart failure. That feels important. You don't want your heart to fail. You will die. Yes. Okay. And number three, and this is the most important one, I believe. Drinking coffee reduces the risk of Alzheimer's. Okay. Yes. I just think Alzheimer's is diabetes type three, right? That's, that's my, I have some very strong opinions on Alzheimer's, but I'm just telling you right now, those three health benefits are now linked directly to drinking coffee. So drink up, Corey. Again, I'll I'll have to read the article because like, I, I wonder if it's the actual chemicals in the coffee or if it's the caffeine, or if again, it's the, the benefits that you get because you are now caffeinated because you are now it's caffeine because on the Alzheimer's one um, it says that if you drank either two to three cups of coffee a day or three to five cups of tea a day or a combination of four to six of those two, you, you have a 28% lower risk of dementia than non-consumers. Well, and so here's the thing, just along those lines, I've read some study somewhere that um, people who walk regularly, Mm -hmm. not even like heavy exercise, just walk. They Mm -hmm. took a group of people who are seniors or getting into the Mm -hmm. the later years and they had one group walk an hour a day for however many months and one just kept their sedentary lifestyle. It was ridiculous how much better the walkers were when it came to not like producing dementia, uh, you know, like uh, getting dementia later in life. And they just attribute it to blood flow. You just get that blood flowing through your brain there, increase it just a little bit. It kind of, I don't know, cleans everything out. I don't know what the science is, but. Clearly you don't know what the science is. (laughs) Science doesn't matter anymore, Corey. No, it really doesn't. But uh, well, what I was going to say is that there's a direct link between um, cognitive improvement and movement, right? So getting outside and, you know, to clear your head, that's a, that's, that's not just a saying or a cliche. That's a very real thing. It is. And that's the, one of the things that we often talk about with the, uh, on our podcast and in, well, just all over the place. It's just the importance of taking care of yourself as a business owner, mm-hmm. because it, people think that, oh, I'm going to spend 20 hours a day, seven days a week, just busting ass and making my business awesome. It's like, no, you need to stop. You need to rest. You need you to need exercise. To you need to eat well. You need to take care of yourself. Otherwise, you're going to die at the age of 63 you know, and not have accomplished everything that you want to accomplish. Exactly. You're never going to get to fly private if you, or buy a plane or buy a plane. Exactly. Or buy two planes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Six minute abs. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, all right. I'm going to jump into something uh, here. Um, And the, oh no, that's not that one. Um, eh, Let's do this one. This will be fun. So this is great. This makes for great radio. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm I'm going between two uh, articles right now. Clearly. And the one that I'm going to, I want to jump into uh, uh, everybody out there. uh, If you have a tinfoil hat, it's time to put it on Mm -hmm. uh, because I enjoy myself a conspiracy theory every once in a while. This really, this really isn't a conspiracy theory, but it's um, this links back to environmental scanning. So uh, Mm -hmm. for those of you out there who don't aren't familiar with what environmental scanning is, it's basically just looking around the world, looking at news stories, what's happening, trends, et cetera, and figuring out, trying to predict what's going to happen in the future. And so when it comes to your business, it's taking all of these pieces of information and then making an educated decision on what to do next with your business. Mm -hmm. So in August of 2019, um, China 
started hoarding grains, beans, dry goods, et cetera, et cetera. Like they were preparing for something bad to happen. And then what happened in 2020? What did happen? I don't know, but something important probably happened. But anyway, so um, they just started doing it again. And they, uh, their minister of food reserves, or I don't know, he's probably got a cooler title than that, although that's not a bad one. That is not a bad title. But um, they have enough wheat on hand to feed the country for a year and a half now. So they're preparing for something bad to happen again. So for anybody out there, who knows what that could be, but it looks like 2022 might be interesting. Yes. And you know what they say. What's the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth? Six months. Six months. Yes. And that's not even conspiracy theory. That's just, they, this happened and it's, it's happening again. So for all those business owners out there, maybe, uh, you know, make sure you got some, some extra room on the credit cards, a couple extra dollars in the bank account. Maybe don't open up a restaurant at the beginning of 2022. That would <laughs> be a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's scary. That's scary. Now I'm scared. Good. This is my scared face. Okay. Everybody no, can see it. Nobody can see <laughs> yes. it, but you. All right. Um, ready for the next headline? Let's do it. I'm going to go back. I'm Ironically, I'm going to China as well for oh, my next headline. Excellent. China bans footballers from getting tattoos and orders them to remove inkings for the good of society. I don't understand. Well, that you have to set a good example for society. So you can, you cannot have tattoos anymore as a footballer. Oh, that's really a soccer player for us Americans. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so soccer players are no longer allowed to have tattoos on the China team. I, I did see an article that they were, um, uh, just recently publicly shaming people who weren't following uh, COVID protocols over there, like literally like marching them down the street for everybody to see, which I, I think we need to bring back a little bit of public shaming here in America. The, the people get off on doing the wrong thing and people, they find it, I don't know, funny or whatever, where it's like, no, like you, you shouldn't be proud of, all of the terrible things that you've done. We should take you out into the town center, put you in the stocks and throw some cabbage at you. Cabbage yeah. and carrots and potatoes. Yeah, and tomatoes. <laughs> I think the potatoes would hurt the most. Yeah. Well, cabbage is not going to feel good when that hits you in the head. Well, if it's rotten cabbage, it's all like gross and slimy. Yeah, and you wear gloves when you throw it. People. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but, but yeah, like it's, it, I, I don't agree with what China's doing, but I think here in America, we've gone a little bit too far, a little too liberal and allowing people just to kind of get away with, everything and, and applauding their terrible decisions. We need to be, you know, let's bring back some public shaming. Well, yes, we have moved. The pendulum has definitely swung too far in one direction and it needs to come back. Yeah. And slightly back because we have a problem here in America of, oh, we've gone too far one direction. Er, let's go 180 degrees the other direction. It's like, yeah. no, let's just, let's just bring I, it back a little bit. Right. Well, and I also think there's a big, one of the big issues that we have is, uh, the old propaganda machine, also known as mainstream media, is really, really good at, you know, telling us everyone thinks this or everyone is doing this except you or, you know, whatever. And so you're thinking that you're an outlier when in most cases you're probably with the majority. Right. And that is that it's it's crazy. So, well, OK, and that we've got. Just a little bit of time left, so I'm going to skip right to this one thing that I was going to talk about at the beginning, but we didn't get to. 
is speaking of mainstream media and everybody out there, let's get a little more creative when it comes to naming things. So uh, Alaska is having a bit of a, a warm spell right now, which means that, like, well, as you know, Julie, uh, I've got some family who are from Alaska and I was actually talking to them last night because they're having issues with power because they had rains in December, which is on like not normal for them. And then that rain turns into ice because it eventually freezes because it is Alaska. And then, you know, power lines and trees and all that stuff started coming down. And so in the news, they're calling it ice, ice Mageddon or something like that, which <laughs> doesn't work. It doesn't work. People don't try to throw a Mageddon or a gate or an exit on something like, like, Oh, Spain's it suspects it. Now, now France is leaving. It's a Frexit. no, <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Just, just get a little original with with the naming conventions. Carmageddon worked back when that was like, I can't I think that was in L.A. years ago. It was, it was some issue with the, the roads or the highways or gas prices or something. I can't remember. But OK, Armageddon, you put a C on the front. Carmageddon, that works. Icemageddon, no. Let's yeah. get a little let's get a little more original. Here. Well, everything is gate too. Right? Sure. Deflate gate. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. All right. Before we go. We're going to do one last thing, brand new to this show today, and we're going to. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I forgot. I was like, wait, what are we doing? Do I know about this? But I do know about this. Yes. Um, <laughs> thank you, Aaron. Yes. So when we close, he's making a voice a mexit <laughs> question mark. <laughs> All right. Real quick, though, and then we're going to get out of here. We're going to make some picks on football Lock games. Week. Lock of the week. So today I've got Michigan State minus three. Um, the Spartans go Spartans. And I have a game for Sunday, which actually I'm taking the Tennessee Titans as a lock over the Dolphins and Tennessee Titans are three and a half point favorites. At least that's the last line I have on them. So if you bet the house on the Tennessee Titans. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks again to Mike Fallett. Thanks to our listeners and everything you need to know is in our show notes. Yep. If you want to work with us, you can connect with us on social media and don't forget to buy our best selling book. And if you want to get more tips and tricks, get uh, check out our podcast, BizQuick Podcast. And we also have another business, Certivium, focuses on customer service and social media management. Yeah, I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this was Defeat the Chaos on the Voice America Business Channel. See you every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern.